All right, well, if you have your Bibles with you this evening, we'll be opening up again to the book of 1 Corinthians. To 1 Corinthians. As we've been going through this book of the Bible that was written to a church, that was written to a church that uh, they, they were, this church was planted in a land that was not a, not a godly place. We know this place, Corinth, Boy, it was a place that had sin all around it. You know, we understand Corinth as we study uh, not even the Bible. We study secular history. We, we see that they were being bombarded by different cultures and groups because it was such a social hub. And amongst that, all, all the, the sin of that place, it began to creep into the church. And tonight we're going to look at another one of these things that Paul was addressing to this church. So Paul wrote this book towards this church here at Corinth. And we've been talking about how to live Christ-like in a crooked land. We've been talking about how to live Christ-like in a crooked land. And tonight, one of the things we're going to see and one of the things we're going to learn is the mind of a lost man. We're going to talk about the mind of a lost person. And we're going to see a couple different minds and we're going to compare them to each other. But there's something very specific. And this is something that, that honestly, I, I kind of struggle with. And, you know, one of the things that, that I love, and honestly something that I think that we all, we all love and have appreciation for, is God's Word. You know, we, we're here at church tonight because we love God's Word. We love things about the Bible. And, you know, I love studying the Bible and learn. And sometimes when the Lord, He shows me something I hadn't seen before. Man, it's, man, it's a blessing. That even happened to me studying here in this particular scripture. And when we, we learn those, it means something to us. It's special to us. So for me, one of my struggles is this. When I see someone, you know, trying to discredit the Bible, or, or they try to talk bad about the Bible, or how, how the Bible is just is full of errors, and it's not something we can trust, and, and boy, they'll take things they don't understand, and they'll twist it to mean something totally different. You know, there are people, they will take God, and they'll, they'll call him a man of genocide. You know, but because, you know, there were some times where people had to go to war. Well, no, that's, I mean, that to me, that is a slap in God's face. Because whenever God went, he sent his, uh, his people into war or something, there's always a reason. He, you know, we don't just look at God and, you know, anyhow, we have to study the scriptures in a way to understand some of those things. So it, it really hurts me when I see someone attacking the doctrine of God's word. That's something that I care deeply about. And so with that, sometimes it makes me question you know, why is it that you, you can't just understand the Bible? I mean, why don't you read it? You know, why don't you see it for yourself? Folks, there are people that I have opened God's Word and I have shared with them the message of salvation. Look, you know, we're all born sinners. And, and Christ, He came and He died to pay for that sin. So you don't have to pay for that sin. And boy, you can one day go to heaven and be with Him. And having heard the gospel message, they'll just they'll, they'll look at you square in the face and say, no, that's not something I'm ready to do right now. And man, in a way, it'll make your heart break because you just want them to understand. You want them to see it. And the question I ask myself is, why? You know, why reject it? Why try to prove it wrong? Why choose to, to, to not believe the Scriptures? Well, here in this passage, we're going to see one of the answers, or some of the answers to that question. We're going to start reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14. And we're going to see within 14 to 16, we'll finish the chapter tonight. We're going to see three different minds. We're going to see the mind of a lost man. We're going to see the mind of a Christian. 
And then we're going to see the mind of Christ. And we're going to see how the lost man's mind is different from the mind of a Christian and the mind of Christ. So we'll start reading in verse number 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take the words that you've shown us tonight and, and apply them into our own life in a useful way. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to have uh, the right attitude and the right mind towards the lost. And I pray that you would help us to have the right mind about you as well and want to have the mind of Christ. Lord, bless us tonight as we go through this passage. For it's in your name. Amen. Well, the first thing we're going to look at, if you saw it, verse 14 was the mind of the natural man. Verse 15 was the mind of a spiritual man. And verse number 16 was the mind of Christ. So verse 14, we'll go ahead and dive right in. We'll start talking about this lost man first. It says this, but the natural man. When you see the word natural man in the Bible, usually that's talking about just a man as he is born. Okay, that's talking about this, this flesh and blood stuff. Because every one of us, we could say we're a natural man. And even those that are saved, we could also say to an extent they still have the natural man. We, we still have our sin. We still have temptations that we deal with. But typically when it's talking about the natural man, it's that, that sinful man. The, the man that doesn't understand the things of Christ. So the natural man receiveth not... The things of the Spirit of God. He receives them not. He, he's not going to accept them. See, this is, this is our Christmas time, right? Here's the way to think of the word receive. Well, when you, you, you come into your room, you have a gift, you're going to give it to your husband, your wife, your kids. And when you ha hold that out to them, they're going to receive it. They're going to accept it. One of the problems with the natural man is he does this. He receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So the first thing we see about the mind of the lost man is he rejects spiritual things. He doesn't accept it. You know, he's, he's, going, he's going to push back. You try to teach him something, he doesn't want anything to do with it. To him, it's not special. To him, it's just it's something from another book. To him, it may even be no different than any other fairy tale that he's ever read. There are a lot of people, by the way, that do that. They'll take the book of the Bible and they'll see that, oh, this is, this is God of Israel. And they'll say, oh, he's no different than Zeus that the Greeks used to worship. You know, Aphrodite and Venus and Mars, all those people. He's no different than them. And they'll see it exactly like that. So what they'll do... When someone brings it to him as a fact, hey, here this is. Look, look at this truth. Man, it'll help you. Nope. I don't want anything to do with it. Folks, the natural man, he, he is not, obviously, he is not spiritual. There's, there's two sides of the same coin. You can't be looking at, looking at heads and tails at the same time on a quarter, right? You know, you used to play the game, you flick at heads and tails. You can't be looking at both at the same time. So a natural man, because he is not spiritual, He's just not going to get it. He doesn't care. It's, it's not something that, that he is of, in, in and of himself going to go looking for. So we see, based off the scripture, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Watch this. For they are foolishness unto him. 
Now, we've seen that scripture. That's actually the word foolishness of the word of God. That's mentioned other times by Paul. So we see he rejects them, but also he ridicules them. He ridicules them. He thinks that the things of God are nothing but foolishness. Man, it's, it's foolishness. It's folly. Why, why, would you, why would you stake your life onto something like that? Why would, you, uh, why would you discredit everything that they're trying to teach you on an intellectual level to believe a book that was written thousands of years ago? It's foolishness. You know, I think I may have even used this illustration. They would say, why in the world would you go and sit in a pew and let some guy scream at you about a book that was written 2,000 years ago for, you know, half an hour or something? That's crazy. Man, that's, that's just ridiculous. Why would, you, uh, why would you follow the truths that it says? You know, and so they look at it and it's just, it's absolutely crazy. You know, to think that, to think that God just spoke you know, and there's, there's the earth. Ah, that's crazy. I had to get here some, some other way. You know, to think that God is the one that kind of holds everything in balance. Oh, you know, that's, that's just crazy. That's just, that's just ridiculous. You know, one guy, he was kind of making fun of the evolutionists. He said, uh, he said, one of two things is true. And he says, either way, we're both in trouble. He said, either God created this world, and one day we're going to have to meet him and answer to him for that. And if that's true, then... Some of us better watch out because we're going to be in trouble. If it's not true, then we're just flying through space thousands of miles an hour with absolutely no destination whatsoever, and we're still in trouble. So, so either way, we're still going to be in trouble. I thought that was a pretty good way of thinking about it because we, don't, we can't believe that this stuff just got here by, by chance. And you see, that means something to us. But to the lost man, he's, he's not going to care about what the book says. He's going to reject it, and he's also going to ridicule it. And so this is something that hurts us. This is the part that hurts me. When I, when, I try to, when I try to show someone something that's true in God's word, and then when they start making fun of it, right? You know, there's, there's this website. I've told some of you about it, and, and I go on there sometimes just because every once in a while I like to argue with someone. You know, I try not to do it, but sometimes it's fun. You know, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and admit it. I was one of those kids when I was young that people would say, you'd argue with a brick wall. And I'd say, well, yeah, <laughs> you know. And so this, this one particular website is called Quora, Q-U-O-R-A. And the whole point of the website is this. Anybody can ask a question about anything. And then anybody can come and answer it. So sometimes you'll get some pretty good answers, and sometimes you'll get some pretty dumb ones too. And, but I like going on there. People, they ask questions about the Bible, and they'll, they'll ask questions that, that I really enjoy answering. Man, I can get out my Bible. I can find an answer, and I can, you know, to give a truth of God's Word. That's a great opportunity. I, I love that. But then sometimes other people will be posting answers to that question. And then they'll start making fun of, oh, well, the Christians, they're going to say this. But that's just, you know, that's just ridiculous. And to see people openly and willingly mocking the things of God, that hurts. You know, it, it hurts me. You know, because I know it's the things of God. And so we see, though, that the natural man, he's going to do that because, because he's the natural man. He doesn't care. He's not going to receive it. He's, he, in fact, he's going, to, he's going to reject it. He's not going to accept that gift. He's going to make fun of it. But watch this. Here's one of the reasons he thinks it's foolishness. Here's one of the reasons that he's going to reject it. Let's finish the verse. But the natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Now watch this. This one's important. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now watch this. That word they, that word they is not talking about the men. That's talking about the scriptures. Okay. 
Neither can he know them. He can't know the things of God because they, the things of God, are spiritually discerned. So the natural man, the lost man, he's going to be looking at the things of God. He's going to reject them. He's going to ridicule them because he can't really understand them anyway. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have the, the, the Holy Ghost living within him, guiding him into all truth. That's, that's, by the way, that's Bible. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. So when we look at the Word of God and when we're reading it, whether you can sense it or not, there's something going on inside of you. The Holy Spirit saying, yeah, that's real. You can listen to that. You can trust that. Man, have you ever had a verse of Scripture when you read it? It just, you know, just kind of it speaks to you. I mean, you can read it and you think, man, that one's good. That, that's one for the refrigerator right there. You know, it, it, just, you know it, just, it just speaks to you. You know, you know there's some kind of truth. You know it's something you can use. Folks, that's the Holy Spirit. That's him speaking to you that this is true and that this is real and this is right. And we are able to look at the things of God. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we are able to understand these things. The natural man can't do that. Because spiritual things need to be read with spiritual glasses. The natural man doesn't have the spiritual glasses, so he'll never be able to understand them that way. So in a way, yes, while, while I take offense to people that are, that are ridiculing and rejecting God's word, and while that, that might hurt me on the inside, well, at the end of the day, the natural man's doing what a natural man's going to do. He doesn't care. It means nothing to him. Folks, here's, here's kind of the idea. You know, let's say, for example... Uh, Let's say, for example, I go to the doctor, and the doctor tells me that I have just been eating way too much junk food. I mean, he says, you know, I've had too much cake, I've been eating too much bacon, I've been eating you know, too much ice cream, what, what have you. you know, I, I think I've told you guys, I'm the kind of person that can't buy ice cream, because if it's in the refrigerator, I will go eat it. You know, it will be gone in like a day. So then say, for example, I go to the doctor, he checks my blood, he checks my blood pressure, he starts checking my cholesterol and all that good stuff, and he looks at me and he says, look, this is something you need to fix, and he starts giving me all this medical jargon that I have absolutely no understanding of. You know, he's, he's speaking to me up here. Now, it's true, but he's giving me all this stuff, and I'm just thinking, okay, doc, whatever you say, but I really like bacon, you know? I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to accept this because... I care more about what I like than what he is trying to tell me because I can't understand what he's saying anyway. So you see, see what I'm going to do? I am not receiving this. I, I am not willing to receive what he is telling me. Even though it's true, even though it's right, even though he's trying to help me, I'm going to reject it. And then when I get home and I get to talking to my wife and I get to talking to my buddies, you know what that doctor told me? He told me I had to stop bacon, eating bacon. Can, can you believe that? You know, that is, that's just ridiculous. Man, that's, that, that's some of the best food on the planet right there. Why would I stop, why would I stop eating it? So I'm going, to, I'm going to mock. I'm going to ridicule. I'm not going to receive it because I can't understand it. I had no idea what he was saying because he was giving me this medical jargon that was, that was beyond me. I wasn't able to discern what he was trying to say. Folks, that's what the lost folks of the world are doing. They are looking at the truths of God's word. And yes, while they're true and while they'll help them and while it's, while it's great and wonderful, they're not going to be able to understand it. Because they, because the spiritual things are spiritually discerned, they have to be read with the uh, the glasses of uh, of the spirit. So that's why the first step in anyone really understanding the Bible is for them to trust it, 
to actually believe in it. That's, that's part of salvation. When you believe that, that Jesus Christ has come and died on the cross for your sin, when you ha have that moment when you, when you accept him, well, boy, then the Holy Spirit's there. And then the Holy Spirit can help them. So, folks, first we see the mind of the lost man. He's, he's not going to get it. He's going to reject it. He's going to make fun of it. And he's not really able to understand it anyway the way a Christian can. So now let's look at this next one. Let's look at uh, verse number 15. We've seen the, the mind of the lost man. Let's look at the mind of a saved man. But he that is spiritual, right? This is a spiritual man. The, the person that has the Holy Spirit with him. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. Well, hold on, preacher. I thought the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. Well, we're talking about a different type of judgment. This different context. What we're going to see here is, is basically two things. One, a spiritual man, he is able to judge all things. A person that is saved, a person that has the Holy Spirit, he is going to be able to do something that other people really aren't able to do. He is going to be able to look at things through the eyes of Christ. Natural man can't do that. He is going to be able to look at situations and ask himself, Lord, what do you think about this? What's your Bible say about this? Oh, so that's what I'm supposed to think. Okay, well, thank you, Lord. See, that, that's something a Christian's able to do. A natural man will, will never be able to do that. I'll give you an example. As the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, you know, we're supposed to love those that hate us. We're supposed to do good to them that try to use us. We're supposed to, uh, you're supposed to pray for them that despitefully use you and, and curse you, those kind of things. How am I supposed to love my enemy? That doesn't make any sense. So let, let, me, let me give you an illustration. Here's the natural man, right? He's going to be looking at someone that's trying to hurt him, that's trying to do evil to him. You know what he's going to do? He's going to do evil back. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you're, you're talking bad about me. I'm going to talk bad about you. You, you spread lies and rumors about me? I'm going to spread lies and rumors about you. That's, that's the natural man. Now look over here, the spiritual man, though, he is able to see this person. He's getting, boy, he's getting mocked. He's getting ridiculed. He's getting lied about. He's able to look at that man and say, you know what? Jesus died for that guy. Now, I don't like it. It hurts when he does these things to me, but... I can still show him kindness because Christ's blood was shed for him just as much as it was for me. See, now a Christian's able to think that way. He, he's able to stop and discern things spiritually. That's why he tells us that he that is spiritual judgeth all things. We can look at every situation of life and ask God what he would think about it. And we can have a clear picture of what we ought to be doing because of the scriptures. So we see we can judge all things. Now watch this. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Okay, be careful with this statement. Yet he himself is judged of no man. All right, well, you go down to the fort, rob him at gunpoint, and see if you don't stand before the judge. Okay, you're going to be judged in that sense. But what it's saying here is a way that we will be judged based off of the things that God has told us. If we are right before God... If I know I'm doing what the Bible says, if I am living the godly lifestyle, if I am obeying God's word, then it doesn't matter what people say against me because at the end of the day, the one that's ultimately going to judge me is God. 
So yes, men can look at me and they can try to make decisions and they can try to figure out things. And while yes, if I break the law, I'm going to have to pay law's price. But at the end of the day, the only one that's going to judge me is God. He sees my heart. He sees my motives. And if I am doing what he has told me to based off the scriptures, I'm not going to be judged by man. I'm going to be judged by God. And, you know, that's kind of a wonderful thought, too, that we know that, that really it's not, it doesn't matter what men think about us. What matters is what God thinks about us. And, you know, beyond that, sometimes I wonder if that, if that thought, if it shouldn't kind of make us afraid a little bit. You know, boy, sometimes it does me. You know, if I, if I wonder, if we honestly stop and ask the question, what does God think about me? You know, if God were in heaven, and if he were to say, Trevor Martin, you know, I'm going to give you a report on you and how you're doing, what would he say? And sometimes that, that makes me think. And when I think about the Lord being the one that judged me, you know, the Bible talks about his eyes being, you know, like fire. And so he's going to see things. He's going to see our motives. He's going to see our heart that no one else is ever going to see. But... At the same time, it's comfort to know that we can be judged by no man when it comes to our heart and to the things of God. Because we have the mind of Christ. So, here's, uh, I'm sorry, I needed to read something. So, another thing we're going to see about here, and again, I'll give you another illustration. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of the doctor this time. You know, he that is spiritual, he is able to judge all things. He, he's not going to be judged by normal men. You know, I, I like the illustration of the doctor because usually doctors are pretty smart. You know? so, so there again, if, if, I were, if I were the doctor and if I were looking at this guy who is destroying his life, and I see and I understand the things that's going on there, I'm able to judge what's going on in his life. And you know what? Here's something. I've got, I've got a friend of mine. He, he has worked uh, in the ER for... Uh, no, it wasn't the ER, excuse me. He was, he, he was a nurse in, um, what do they call it? The intensive care unit. That's what it was. And he had been there for probably going on two or three years. And, you know, I went and I sat down next to him. We were talking and just, and he was actually at the hospital when we were talking. And he was telling me about, you know, the things that he sees from, from his perspective. You know, he sees people coming into uh, to the doctor's office and he sees just some of these awful home situations. He sees, you know, bad health situations and all these things. And I would, I would, I would like to see what it would be like to be able to just go out and about and see things, you know, from the eyes of, eyes of a doctor. A doctor, he is able to understand things. He can see this. He can see that. A person could ask him a medical question, and he would have the answer here and the answer there because he understands. And so he would be able to discern things, medically speaking, that, that most people can't. So... Here in kind of the same scenario, he is able to discern them. So when he looks at that guy, when he says, man, you've got to change something. You, you have got to, uh, you've, got to, you've got to change your lifestyle. You've got to change this. It's going to help you. It's going to, be, it's going to be good for you if you do this. He can see that because he has the knowledge. And the funny thing is, this guy, the man that has the bad health, he's never going to be able to judge whether or not the doctor's right. Think about that. Have you ever had the doctor tell you something that you didn't like hearing? You know, you know I have. I've seen that. You don't, you don't like hearing the, the diagnosis. You don't like hearing this. You don't like hearing that. But you can't judge whether he's wrong or right because you don't know what he's talking about. Folks, as a Christian, the world will never be able to judge whether biblically you're wrong or you're right. Only God will be able to do that. So we see that with, as a Christian, having a spiritual mind, we're going to have the mind of Christ, which brings us to verse number 16. 
Verse number 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, here's kind of, here's kind of a blessing with this too. A blessing and something that says, oh boy, I'll show you both of them. First, we're going to see this. Number one, nobody was ever there to instruct God himself. Okay, he is, he is God. Like, that's, that's him. All knowledge comes from him. The, everything we see around us, it comes from him. The laws of nature that we live by, yeah, he made those. Physics, yeah, that's him. You know, he, he put all that together. So it's kind of a rhetorical question. Who hath known the mind of the Lord that, uh, that he may instruct him? Folks, I want to tell you, there's no one that's able to instruct someone as perfect as God. And with that in mind... That means there will never be any man, any human, that's able to take the book of God and try to correct it. That can't happen. It's God's book. It's his book. It's perfect. He's perfect. Therefore, God's word is perfect. So we'll never be able to instruct God himself. But notice something about the Christian. Boy, this is such a blessing. That he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. You know, when we get saved and we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us, there's something that starts to change in our mind. You know, have you, did you ever notice that? That you know, it may be about you that, that there was a time when you were lost, you thought a certain way about something. And then when you got saved, boy, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. And then you started to think about this maybe a little bit differently. Hmm. You know, maybe the Lord wouldn't be too happy with that one. Maybe the Bible, no, the Bible says something about this. I'm sure it does. You know what that is? That's the mind of Christ. That is the renewing of your mind that the Bible talks about. And that's the Holy Spirit teaching us that. Folks, the natural man will never have that. He never will because he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. So he is not able to discern these things. And furthermore, when we think about the mind of Christ, you know, who is able to instruct him? Folks, I, this is a way I often like to, to think about us as people. And when I think about people trying to, to figure out where the world came from and you know, there are different theories that they have. This is the way I liken it. And, you know, is, this isn't, you're not going to find this in the Bible. But this is just the way I try to reason it in my mind. When I think about how, how awesome and powerful God is, and then how insignificant we are. Now, don't they say a human only uses like 10% of its mind or something like that? I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's nothing. The, 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 what we could do and what we don't do, yeah, we, we use absolutely nothing of our brains. And so we think about that, and God just spoke, and here we are. And then for one of us to try to understand him and all the things that he's done, it would, to me, it would be kind of like this. Did you know that there was a particular gorilla? I can't remember its name, but did you know they, they once taught a gorilla how to, uh, how to speak in sign language. You guys ever read about this or see it? Yeah. And so, so they, were, they, they were in this zoo and, and in this, well, I mean, you know, this, this one animal, they would go up to it and they would give it sign language and it would say, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm thirsty. I'm, you know, I'm hungry. And it, it could communicate in some ways. And then, boy, could you imagine if that gorilla, if it was able to think this way, if it were to say, man, look at me. I'm able to talk with them. Now, I can tell them what they want and, boy, they'll bring it to me. And it has its own thoughts, and with the other gorillas, it's able to communicate in its, in its own language. Now, imagine for a minute if Mr. Zookeeper walked up to that gorilla, and he said, all right, now let me teach you about astrophysics. You know, that would be, that, that would be ridiculous. 
You know, that, that wouldn't work. Hey, hey, Mr. Gorilla, I know you're, you know you're here in this city. Let me tell you how that building back there got built. Let's talk about engineering. No, that, that, that just wouldn't work. And the way I think about this is, imagine us. I believe with, with our intellect and what little bit we're able to understand, we are no better than that gorilla that just has a little bit of sign language. And God is there looking at us. He's teaching us. He's giving us his book. He's helping us understand what little bit is there. But folks, God lives in a completely different realm. Okay, He doesn't even live in this physical world where we are. He lives in the spiritual world where, where, there, is no, where there is no time, where there is no, uh, you know, where there is no constructs like we have, right? I mean, the Lord is just going to descend with a shout out of heaven. He's not going to be in a plane. How does he do that? I don't know. I mean, he was able to speak in the winds and waves just... They calm down. You know, he is beyond what we could ever understand. And so when we think about trying to understand God, and especially this verse, who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, folks, no one will ever be able to fully comprehend who God is, I believe, until the day that we see him. And even then, we'll never be able to reach to who he is. You know, Satan tried that. We saw what happened to him. You know, I will ascend to be like the Most High. Well, didn't work out too good. Now, we'll never be able to fully understand, but what we do have, now last verse 16, we have the mind of Christ in that we have the Holy Spirit with us, helping us, helping us to understand things, helping us to think about things and, and discern and see what's right and wrong. Well, we have his book, we can look into his book and he shows us the things that we need to see and teaches us how to live and how to do right. Folks, we'll never be able to be who God is but boy, we can sure use his help and, his, and the Holy Spirit. That's what he is. He's our helper. He helps us understand these things. So what we've seen is these three things tonight. We've seen how the natural man, well, the reason he doesn't understand the scriptures, the reason he rejects it, the reason he makes fun of it, because he didn't care about it anyway. He'll never be able to discern the word of God without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's something that we have. That's a blessing we have as a Christian. And boy, as a Christian, though, we also understand we are able to judge things, but we do that based off the Scripture. We do that based off the Scripture with the help of the Holy Spirit because we have the mind of Christ. So let's, let's stop there. We'll have every head bowed. We'll have every eye closed. And for a brief moment, we'll just spend some time doing business with the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. And we again, we want to... Thank you for all it is that you've done for us and for what you've shown us out of this scripture. Lord, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, that, that gift that you've given us, that comforter that came to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have a quiet and still hearts tonight. That, that when we face the situations of life, we'd be willing to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. That we can discern things and choose things based off of your mind. Lord, help us with that. Lord, help us to, to seek after your wisdom above all.